Hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. Now today I have another guest on the show and I'm talking to Kumiko Lau who is a legal marketing professional, dancer, part-time model and beauty pageant contestant representing the city of Hong Kong. Kumiko shares about her journey into fitness and healthy eating and how this took a negative turn when she split from her boyfriend and was dealing with the emotional outlay from this. Kimiko followed very restricted diets which led to binge eating and feeling really out of control around food and also having a very negative body image. Over the pandemic, Kimiko has been on a journey of healing and self-discovery and she's here today to talk more about this. Really looking forward to this interview. Let's go and start. Hi Kimiko, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Hi Harriet, thank you so much for having me. So Kumiko, could you just introduce yourself, please, to the listeners? Hi, everybody. I'm Kumiko from Hong Kong. I was raised in Hong Kong and I'm currently living there. I work in the professional service as a legal business development specialist. And then on the side, I also start my own business and have participated in a national pageant representing Hong Kong. So I've got several different titles and it's so nice here to be sharing my experience with eating disorder and my recovery. Oh, thank you so much. So Kimiko, could you like just take us back, you know, because obviously like in more recent years, you've been struggling a bit more with eating disorders and disordered eating, but has it always been this way? You know, what was your relationship like when you were a little girl with food? Well, when I was a little girl, I don't think I've ever experienced any kind of eating disorder. I, well, my family, especially my parents, we love eating. We always eat junk food. Like, you know, in Asia, we have sushi, you know, hamburger and, you know, different kinds of food. Basically, Hong Kong is just like a city of food. We never had any issue. I just ate whatever I wanted and I never bothered about you know, clean eating or going vegan, vegetarian, that kind of thing. So it's just that three meals and different snacks whenever I wanted, never dieted. And I, you know, was, you know, never had any concern with food. Sure. So it sounds like, yeah, like as a child in a way, just kind of quite a healthy relationship with food and probably just eating intuitively and not even thinking about it all too much. Yeah, yeah, correct. Exactly. Sure. So when for you, did you feel that that started to change? Was there a sort of point where things started to change for you? Well, in 2018, so it was my second year starting my corporate career after graduating from university, I picked up a sport called CrossFit, which was a very like, pretty intense interval training, you know, doing a lot of burpees and squats and heavy lifting type of sports which I really enjoyed I must have to say like this was the sports that I I enjoy a lot and at that time I did it because somebody challenged me and told me that I don't think you can you know like I don't think Nico you can 
lift any weight. So I think you know because I grew up as a dancer, I never lifted any weight or any dumbbells whatsoever in my life. So I was a bit well, I was a bit unhappy about this comment, and I decided to give it a go. And at that time, I was I've always been eating a lot of junk food and eating everything, you know, especially when I was not so used to you know being in a corporate career. I felt like. I've definitely gained some pounds, but I never thought so much about this. I was never so aware, so you know, unhappy about this. So once I started doing CrossFit, well, at the start I started looking a little bit slimmer, and then somehow I got addicted because I looked at the mirror. I felt like my waist has gotten really small, like maybe from like twenty nine inch to twenty three four, like something like that. So I started learning. You know, if I wanted to get even slimmer, I had to also change my diet. So in the fitness world, it's always a high protein and then low fats, low carbohydrates, or you know, counting macros and all these type of things. So I started eating clean, cleaner, but definitely not hundred percent clean. What I meant was, you know, most of the time when I, you know, I felt like. I wanted to have a pack of chips. Maybe I would have, you know, a banana or something instead. I would look for alternative or、mm. do more home cooking. But I was never really restricting. I still eat a lot because that sports was pretty, you know, intensive itself. So I think started from then. I I started understanding a little bit more about food in general because you know in the past I didn't know what is protein, carbs, and fat. And、mm. so, funny enough, that year I changed so much. Well, which was I still think it was a positive change. I began to be more confident at work because I felt like I was always working out, you know, sweating, being better shape. And then I got promoted at work, and I also got this invitation to represent Hong Kong in a beauty pageant, an international beauty pageant, which I thought was something that I never thought I would be doing. But when I was small, I've always been doing a little bit of modeling, a little bit of acting because of my family background. And I was a dancer when I was small. So fast forwarding to November twenty nineteen, when I was preparing for the pageant. Well, I was, you know, I obviously, you know, to prepare for the pageant, you obviously have to be in the best shape. So at that time, you know, your mindset was all, you know, about the pageant, and I. I tried to, you know, hire a trainer, which she's still she's a really good trainer, and I started not eating too much carbohydrates a month before the competition, before I flew to Mexico, and it was okay. Like my periods was regular, everything was fine, and everything was, you know, was okay. Just that I got a lot slimmer without the carbohydrates, and then when I came back from the pageant, first of all, the pageant itself didn't. And so well, it was a mess. And then second, when I came back, my boyfriend, my then boyfriend, broke up with me without any, you know, giving me any reason and whatsoever it is. So I felt like it was, you know, the breakup actually made me very sad. And I, I, I felt like at that time I didn't know what to do because you know he was the person that I, you know, I somehow had to see on a pretty regular basis. So I felt very. I felt very scared, and I relied on food, and I, I just felt very heartbroken. I didn't know what I could do apart from eating. I don't want to be sharing, you know, all these breakup with my 
breakup story with my friends and my family. I just, you know, as someone, I'm someone who can hide things very well. I started eating a lot of food, and obviously, from looking very slim to suddenly gaining 10 kilograms is something, you know, is something that I wasn't able to accept. Mm-hmm. So then I decided <laughs> out of the blue to do this fitness transformation in May 2020 last year with like a, another fitness studio. So this time they put me on like a calorie, like a calorie restricted diet. And I had to calculate a calorie macro, protein, fat, carbohydrates, and also exercising. So I was told to only exercise minimum two, three times, but I think I was so desperate to lose all these weights. So I went full on and then be super, super picky and crazy about eating clean and calculating that 0.5 kilogram of that. I still remember I was calculating all these little calories, like literally one gram of the vegetable, one gram of the chicken, you know, it's just very precise about the calorie Mm. and scale and everything was steam and I still remember I didn't use any oil. I always use all these diet oil, like zero calorie food and drinking a lot of Diet Coke and all these things. So, well, honestly, that works because I was basically, my body was basically in starvation mode. Um, Mm -hmm. So definitely I lost a lot of weight and I got so addicted because I, I think, you know, I never thought that, well, I would lose all these weight so fast. And then I began to lose my period too. And I've lost it for three to four months or actually more, like four to five months. And I felt like, you know, at at that time I told myself, you know what, when I lost my period, you know, it was absolutely fine because it was, you know, it was so much more convenient. I didn't have to, you know, suffer from all these PMS and all these things. So I thought, you know, it was nothing. So after the transformation, I was still trying to, keep track of my macros and add a little bit of, a little bit of calories and decrease a little bit of calorie here and there. And I started sort of collapsed. Like I couldn't <laughs> control anymore because I, I felt like, you know, every day I woke up, I woke up with the purpose of meeting that calories. Like my goal is 1,500. So I wake up and think like, you know, my goal for today is not to exceed 1,500. So mm-hmm. I started thinking about that sometimes going lower, sometimes going higher, and then adding all the numbers of a week and divide by seven, you know, some crazy things like that. And I think one day I was going to a hotel for a staycation with my friends, and then they were eating that cheeseburger or burrito or something, and I couldn't resist anymore. So I finished the entire burrito. And mm-hmm. from that day, I started eating, like eating proper food again. Mm-hmm. And then once I started eating, I couldn't stop. Like, like, look, like I was, I was hiding myself, bringing myself a lot of chocolates, and I hide myself in in some weird location, out of you know, aside from my friends, family. I wasn't in a relationship back then, so I was basically whenever before my parents came home, I would always eat all the food I wanted, and then hide all these like bags and you know all these rubbish so I I always had this kind of feeling and I would feel so terrible after eating other food and I stepped on the scale noticing I'm gaining weight and started you know cutting my calorie again and you know this is just a vicious cycle that I you know that never really ended so 
I think from then I knew that you know I really had a problem with eating, and it was an eating disorder. Hmm. Sure. Gosh. I mean, thank you for sharing your story because it it sounds like I guess as well as often happens for many people that it started out as quite a sort of positive thing of trying to、mm. kind of be healthy and fitter, and in those early stages as well, it sounds like as well it kind of boosted your self esteem, like you felt good and it gave you more confidence. But then it sounds like it sort of crossed a line, didn't it? Yes, yes, I think so too. Is is you know I must have to say you know all these trainers, all these well CrossFit people and pageant contestants or whoever they are, I don't think you know they are bad. They are、mm-hmm. you know they definitely are someone who motivate you to do better in your life. But it's just that I think. I took it to the very extreme way, and sometimes there are so many information online. Like, for instance, if you go to Instagram, there are like this diet. Sometimes there are like new diet, and you know you're very, you know, you feel very confused by you know what should I be doing, what should I be eating, and you know your mind is occupied by all these things, which is, you know, which is very unhealthy. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, there's, I mean, there's so much information out there, isn't there? And I think once you get、yes. focused in that very food preoccupied kind of, you know, wanting to change your body place, you know, yeah, that you can you can become and you can get yourself in a really difficult place quite quickly, can't you? Because you're sort of inundated with an overwhelm、mm. of information. So, Kamiko, could you talk a bit more as well about like what's it like in the world of kind of beauty pageants? You know, what's it like in terms of like How did that sort of impact? Do you think your relationship with food, and also just how you felt about your body? Because I guess you're having to be in like swimwear, are you, and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I would say when I was competing in the pageant, I wasn't very. It was 2019. I wasn't very aware about. Body issues. I felt like you know、mm-hmm. I've worked hard in the gym, and everybody, everybody's body was very different. But definitely, there was a feeling that before any swimsuit competition or anything that's very physique related, I definitely felt like you know we shouldn't be eating too much. But you know, at that time, I didn't really feel like that pageant was something that led to. My eating disorder issue. It was more of the、mm-hmm. heartbreak and also of not knowing, you know, how to deal with unpleasant situation. And then I rely on food when I was, you know, feeling down and depressed. Hmm. Sure. So it's so interesting, isn't it? Because it sounds like as well. Perhaps when you went into the beauty pageant. You were actually at that time in a more sort of confident place, and perhaps your self esteem was a bit more robust. So, in a way, you were probably yeah, like less focused on kind of body image and maybe more just enjoying the process of it. Yeah, I think so too. Because at that time, the pageant itself even didn't go very well, but I learned so much from preparing the pageant. I felt like, well, obviously there are different. Types of bodies that I saw in the pageant. There are definitely someone who is on the curvier side. There's people who are more slender. Someone who is more athletic. You know, I felt like there's such a diversity being promoted in pageant, and I、mm. felt like I was. I didn't feel so bad about myself in the in the pageant. I、like、just that 
It's just,、mm-hmm. it was something that I didn't think too much about at that time. Yeah, no, sure. But it sounds like, and I think this is just so interesting that you said that actually when you came back from the pageant and then you split up with your boyfriend, and it sounds like that was、mm-hmm. quite heartbreaking. That was a, a real kind of loss for you. And that's、yeah. when that was a real kind of trigger then for kind of your relationship with food to go a bit off track. Yeah, I think so. Especially after, I mean, especially that happened right away after the pageant was was over. So,、mm-hmm. and that person it was not someone. I don't want to review what who he is and you know what、mm-hmm. he does, but it's somebody that it's somebody that I had to see on a pretty regular basis. Like I, I was, I had to see that person. So I felt like I didn't want to, you know, show up. And then looking very different in front of him when we, you know, when we have broken up. I don't want to feel like, you know, I was a loser. You know, I didn't feel like I didn't want to feel feel ugly, you know, in front of him. You know, I, I sort of had this sort of weird thinking about how I should have looked after breaking up with him. You know, something like that. And I always, you know, I began to question a lot about, you know. What if I look better? Would he want me back? What if I, you know, I, you know, started getting in back to you know top shape? Does that mean that you know I I have more worth? You know, like I began to have a lot of questions and issues and you know all these weird thinking on my on my brain and that started that was the you know when the eating disorder started kicking in. Mm, sure. Well, thank you for sharing that because I think you know you're not alone at all in like I think eating disorders, disordered eating, can often be triggered by something like you know an emotional event. You know, it could be like a、mm. bere- yeah, bereavement, a breakup. You know, some a transition, even something that kind of destabilizes, I guess, your emotional、mm. world. And it's so interesting, isn't it? Because it sounds like even. Before that point, you hadn't really been so focused on your body, but suddenly, when you felt that rejection、mm. and, and the relationship broke down, obviously, like understandably, it would have affected your self worth. But then, almost the solution felt like I need to change my body now, or I need to kind of focus more on that. Yes, yes, definitely. I felt like before the before the beauty pageant, I was you know because these days and now I know. How to calculate calories? So, a few days ago, before talking to you, I was actually looking back at some of the pictures in the past before before preparing for the beauty pageant. I was actually eating almost like two thousand seven hundred to three thousand calories per day, like eating lots of salmon and all these things. I never had a problem with my you know weight and period. So,、mm. I felt like you know when I look look back, I just find it very. I just really understand that I've really been under eating during that transformation phase last year. Also, to that note, after coming back and with the breakup, I felt like I didn't know who I could talk to about this breakup. I felt like a lot of people don't understand, or I've assumed people not understanding because maybe some people will say, you know, some of my friends have commented, you know, it was such. You know, it's not like a long relationship. You know, it you know it shouldn't have affected you that much, and you know this and that. And I felt like, well, I probably I was the only one feeling feeling it, and I just felt so stupid. Like, why would I feel so bad? Well, maybe the other person, I mean, the then boyfriend was very happy with somebody else already. Like, I just felt like 
I was such a fool, and there was nothing、mm. I could do about it. Yeah.、Mm, sure. Which just sounds really tough for you, doesn't it? Because I think, in a way, there's kind of no logical ways with love, is there? Like we can fall for people, you know, it, very intensely. I guess in quite a short period of time, and that relationship can still mean a great deal, even if it doesn't last for ages. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And sometimes, well, I think we women are especially more emotional, and sometimes we just feel things more than men. I don't know about this, but it's just that I think now I look back at it, I didn't feel, I don't feel as stupid as I felt before. I felt like, well, I felt upset and I felt depressed, I felt unwanted, and all these feelings, and it was. It was okay. It is totally okay to have felt that way because you know、mm. these are the real feelings that we had, and it's just that I think I'm a very fortunate kid. I think I think I'm always very grateful for all my parents, all my friends, and support. I've always had what I wanted. I think in my life, but、mm. I think you know maybe it is the very first few times that I've. Dealt with rejection, and I just lost control over food when I was, you know, experiencing situation like that. And maybe you know, it is just is just a lesson learned. It is okay to have experienced something like this. Now I look back at it, it is still a journey. Yeah, it's still a journey to overcome this issue. It's definitely something that I'm still working very hard on. But I also understand that. It's okay not to be okay, and it's so cliche to say this, but you know there are times that you really don't feel okay, and there are times that you feel really upset, and it's okay to have those feelings because one day the feelings will pass and the feelings will change, and you'll be okay again.、Mm. No, so true, isn't it? And I think again, I think you bring up a really important point that I think sometimes people feel like. You know, actually, I'm better off than a lot of people, and my life's pretty good, so I shouldn't be having these feelings. Whereas, I guess, like you're saying now, like you can look back and realize that actually it was perfectly acceptable to have those feelings. You know, if you're、mm. rejected by somebody who you really love, you're going to feel perhaps quite heartbroken and sad, and you know, maybe anxious and alone and. You know, in a way, that's the kind of healthy response, isn't it, to a rupture in a relationship that was really important to you? Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And also to your point, I think in the past, I think especially when you're doing these, all these pageants, you're in a professional career, you started your own business, and then you are always fit and always very busy, and you're always on the go, doing so many things at the same time. Sometimes that actually not having Not having breaks and not having a proper rest will actually sabotage your eating habits as well, because I think because we're too controlled and we want to get things get things done in a perfect shape or form, and sometimes because of you know wanting to achieve so many things will also somehow damage some of the things. And in my situation, would you know would be food and eating. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, I think it's a good point, isn't it? I think in the kind of you know in our culture, often it's it's very praised, isn't it, to be like super busy, just doing a hundred and one、mm. things. And I guess like COVID has you know made a lot of people have to slow down quite a lot. But yeah, I think like your relationship with food can get very sort of intertwined with that, can't it? And 
maybe as well, I think when we are so super busy and just always being productive and always doing, 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 it's hard to always like feel your feelings properly or to be in touch with your whole self because of you're always like distracted or you know, doing something all the time. Mm, I think so too. Also during COVID period, I was, you know, I was the one who actually wanted to be more successful during the COVID period because I thought, you know, a lot of people would probably be, you know, slagging off and, you know, not focusing so much on their fitness, health and career. So I actually like, I mean, I wouldn't say it's bad or good, but I did so much more. I used all these network to build up my, you know, presence. I tried to network. I thought of other ways to develop business during COVID. And I, I think is these are all good things. But to your notes, I think sometimes in our life, we just want to achieve things like doing pageant, doing this, doing that, and that. In COVID, we need to be the, you know, the winner of the situation. Like, all these mindset actually drive us crazy. And sometimes I wonder why I had to do so many things. And I recently, you know, through journaling and through writing, I discovered it is because I was very insecure about myself. I was, especially after the breakup, I felt like I need so many more things to prove who I am. I need so many like different weapons doing this, doing that, doing this, make me feel more, you know, more proud and, you know, more confident. But actually, you know, this is not the real, real security that, you know, I could get from all, doing all these things. Mm, so interesting, mm. isn't it? It sounds like in a way, although the breakup was like incredibly painful at the time, it sounds like it almost did really pivot you in a sort of new direction to kind of look more at yourself and, you know, how you deal with your emotions, your self-worth and kind of doing yeah. that deeper work, which has been really valuable. Mm, yes, yes, true. Yeah, I feel like, you know, after the breakup, it was the time for me to prove that I could live by myself. I could, you know, be confident and be successful without this person. I wanted wanted to prove the world, you know, I could do this and that. I think I had a lot of this kind of like this kind of girl boss feeling and the kind of emotions that I thought, you know, either zero or hundred, if I wanted to, you know, be happy, I had to be so successful. Like I couldn't, I shouldn't be crying anymore. I shouldn't be, you know, feeling weak, you know, crying is a sign of, you know, being weak. You know, I always had this kind of thoughts last year and it's just quite tiring as well because sometimes you feel very excited sometimes you feel very low and sometimes you eat a lot sometimes you don't and that actually really damages me mm, yeah no sure so yeah you just kind of realize it sounds like your perspective has just shifted a lot hasn't it going through all of this Kimiko do you looking back now as well like do you think do you wish that maybe when you had split with your boyfriend that you had been had felt more able to talk to your friends and family about your feelings and to be a bit more vulnerable? Yeah, I felt like I would say I have very good parents and very supportive friends, but I think it was more of myself that yeah. didn't want to share with them how I really felt. And sometimes maybe my parents, they are a bit, you know tougher because I'm the only child they would 
say so many things like you know it is just a breakup you can do this you know can it is nothing you know you know I told you you shouldn't have this and that so there are so many I know that they are seeing that because they're they're being caring and I think it's the culture、yeah. where sometimes Asian parents they don't really express love so directly yeah I also grew up in the U.S. too so. I feel like it's you know it's very different when it comes to expressing our care and love and concern to other people in Asia. It's a bit more passive.、Mm. So, but I, I wouldn't say yeah. If to your question, I think I wish I could be more vulnerable. Actually, I wish I could be more mature handling the situation. For instance, instead of running away and hiding from this then boyfriend, I wish I could be more open to him about the situation I was facing and. Tell him how I felt, and instead of not having a proper closure, I would rather actually have ended things in a more complete and in a more mature manner.、Mm, yeah, they sure. It's so tough, though, isn't it? Because I guess I think for all of us, in a way, we kind of do the best we can at the time. I know. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I think so. But you know, it is、yeah. what happened.、Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes there are so many. Unfortunate things happen in our life, but without all these things, our life wouldn't be complete. I think. Yeah, they're definitely. It sounds like, in a way, like it was a really difficult time, but like so much learning has come from this, hasn't it? Like, I'm really sure that if you're having to deal with a breakup again at some point in the future, you know, you probably would deal with it quite differently because of you have emotionally matured, I guess, and grown so much through the pain of the last one. Yes, I think so too, and. I've understand so much more about myself too. I felt like a lot of the times I wanted to appear very strong because I wasn't very secure about who I was, and I felt like I needed a lot of different identities and things to make me, you know, more of a stronger woman. But actually, I feel like a real strong woman, or you know, a beautiful woman, you know, can be very vulnerable too. It's okay to. You know, be vulnerable and be you know show your weak signs. Make you know your weakness is is completely fine because not everybody you know has the courage to be vulnerable. To be honest,、mm, it's so true, isn't it?、And、are you a fan of, sort of Brené Brown's work and her like the power of vulnerability TED Talk? Are you sort of a fan of of her? No, I haven't watched this, but I would definitely check this out. No, I'd, I'd really recommend it. Actually, if you know, as well for anyone that's listening, because I think as well, Kimiko, the things you're talking about as well, so many people will relate to. Because I think it's not uncommon that people associate vulnerability with being weak, and that it's you know seen as like a good thing to like you know be a bit of a girl boss and just kind of keep striving、yeah. forward, keep achieving, and yeah, and it's interesting actually because with Brené Brown's work, Brené came to like her research. She's done a lot of research on vulnerability, and she came to it as a real skeptic. You know, she really couldn't really believe that being vulnerable was a strength. But then、mm. she's gone on to do a lot of research and just to really show that actually a lot of the most successful people are really able to be vulnerable with their emotions. And yeah, so it's quite powerful. But it sounds like you have kind of come to that conclusion. Yourself for your own experience. Yeah, yeah. I think that I'm still learning, as I,、mm. you know, told you in the beginning. I'm still、yeah. learning to balance my health, my eating, my cooking, my entrepreneurship, my day-to-day job, and this pageant career. But this month, actually last month, I decided to, 
really completely step away from the place that would remind me of the breakup because I felt like I needed a complete closure. Like, even mm-hmm. though there wasn't one between me and the then boyfriend, I felt like not staying in the place that I was in, that I was always seeing him was a big move for me. And also I felt like I was doing so many different careers, you know, outside of my mm-hmm. day-to-day job. I felt like it was the time for me to really take a break and really ask myself what I re- what I wanted to do. And it's okay that I didn't have an answer because mm-hmm. when I actually started, you know, stepping away, I felt like actually there are so many things I wanted to do, but it's just I didn't have the time. And I sometimes I still feel upset. I sometimes I still feel insecure and all these things. But when you have more time with yourself, you understand that it's okay to really take time to heal because mm. only having more time with yourself and talking to yourself, more me time, you will be able to really feel more grounded and feel more, you know, overall happier. Mm. Yeah. That's such wise advice, I think, isn't it? Cause I think, yes, yeah, when we, do slow down and we have a bit of chance to just like even daydream or to sort of connect with our body more mm. yeah we do feel so much more grounded don't we whereas we're kind of busy 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 and just doing and distracted it can be quite an anxious place concept yeah yeah definitely also to that note I was very unhappy last year other than this you know obviously the boyfriend I felt like when I lost my period, that was the time I really started understanding and noticing it was something I had to fix. And I'm so glad and I'm so happy that I was able to notice that at a very early stage because I only lost my period for four months. And I I read so many researches online. There are girls that have lost a period for over 10 years and even more. So I felt like I've done the right thing to notice it and to really allow myself to eat more. So if you were asking me how I sort of recover the eating disorder, is I started eating more intuitively. At the beginning, it was very tough because it was something, it felt like I have been starving for three months. So I've been eating food that I didn't want to eat for, like I didn't, I couldn't eat for like three months, like hamburgers, like all these like fried chicken, you know, all these things. And for sure, like, I did put on a lot of weight, but I felt like when I started incorporating all these food, I felt like you just don't, you just naturally don't want to eat too much when you allow yourself to eat, when you know that there is no restriction. And then you would eventually find a balance between, you know, eating how to eat healthy and also, also rethink what eating healthy really means. Does it mean green salad all the time? Does it mean, what does that mean? To me now, it's more like eating whole food, eating, you know, healthy food. But at the same time, you know, if you sometimes want some chocolate, some fried chicken, some sushi, some carbohydrates at like 11 p.m., then just have it because, mm-hmm. you know, your body is so much smarter than you think. The more that you try to starve and try to restrict yourself from not eating those food that you you wanted, the more the body would crave for it. And then, when it happens, you would just want everything at the same time. Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? 
And I think it's just so helpful for you to, I know, one, say actually that you recognised early that there was a problem and you took some action. Because I think that is crucial sometimes with eating disorders, because I think the longer it sort of hangs around, you can become become more entrenched, become more a habit, become part of identity, yeah. much harder to let go of. So I think it's so positive. And then the second thing as well, talking about just like actually just allowing yourself to eat more. And then, you know, and then it sounds like as well, like, you know, when you did that, the kind of urge to binge or to eat like huge amounts of food, you know, that really kind of went down because of your body was getting more what it needed. And it sounds like you then able to sort of trust your appetite and, and sort of slowly begin to get more in touch with your sort of hunger cues and to be able to listen to your body much more. Yes, definitely. And also that, you know, it's likely that I will also be doing another beauty pageant. So it's exciting news. But at the same time, I will also remind myself not to push myself very hard. And I really want to use this pageant as a platform to advocate eating disorder if I, you know, if I could, because I think that it is something that a lot of the the girls, especially young girls are facing. And with the you know, with the popularity of social media, it is something that, you know, you know, would cause a lot more issues than ever compared to the past. Yeah, and no, they're so true. So it sounds like, again, if, you, if, you, if you're doing another pageant, you're going to approach it in a different way. And it sounds so positive, I think, that you're obviously talking about these issues really openly, Kimiko, because I think as well, I know you said in, perhaps in Hong Kong, um, disordered eating, eating disorders are not talked about maybe as much as in the UK, but I'm sure so many of those issues are just there. They're just a bit more hidden. Yeah, I think so too. I'm sure people would, there, there are definitely people who have experienced eating disorder. And when I was actually talking about this issue within my company, I actually received quite a lot of feedback responding to me that you know I've actually experienced that too and especially during COVID you know it's you know it it gets more severe than ever so I think there are certain level of severity in terms of eating disorders and people may have experienced you know more severe manner like myself and some people may just you know have some small symptoms and I think that those things couldn't be overlooked because I started out as having little bit of symptoms and you know sort of dieting and then sometimes when I see people like eating green salad all the time and just telling me that not to eat any carbohydrates I guess I guess scared I feel I feel scared and feel sorry too because I felt like you know don't get into this eating disorder cycle because this, this was actually the first sign that I you know I had in the past Mm, yeah and it's so true isn't it and I think that's the slightly dangerous thing isn't it because I think it can start off from a place of like really good intentions but just so quickly can slip into a place where you know you feel out of control and your eating becomes disordered and it becomes quite dark you know whereas in the early stages yeah it can feel more like you're doing something good well thank you Kimiko for coming on the podcast today and just for sharing your story so openly because I think it's just going to be so helpful and inspire so many of the listeners just to develop that their own awareness of their relationship with food and to know that recovery is possible. Yeah thanks so much for helping me and you know to all the listeners who are listening to this podcast I just want to say that if you're experiencing any kind of eating disorder 
even is not serious, you're not alone because, well, I've been there and sometimes I still struggle with food and it's definitely okay not to be okay. So definitely, you know, don't, don't feel bad. And when you're experiencing all these issues, talk to someone, seek help and, you know, you're beautiful and don't feel that you're not worthy. You know, thank you, Kimiko. It's such a powerful message. And just uh, one thing I didn't ask you as well is actually is like, where can people find you if they want to like, you know, know more about you or get in touch? Well, mainly I'm on Instagram. So you could search Kumiko, K-U-M-I-K-O dot Lao, L-A-U. I mainly post about some of my eating and some of my YouTube stuff. So I, in my YouTube channel, that's going to be launched soon. I will be posting a lot of singing videos and some of the things about how I recover from eating and what I eat in a day and stuff like that. Okay, lovely. Well, thank you so much, Kumiko. And yeah, have a great day. Thank you so much, Harriet. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation just as much as I did. And do go and check out all of Kumiko's info in the show notes. If you're not following me already, do seek me out on Instagram at The Eating Disorder Therapist. And for further support with your relationship with food, including my online courses, do go to theeatingdisordertherapist.co.uk and you'll find out more info there. I'd be really grateful if you would rate and review this podcast as it helps it reach so many more listeners. Thank you so much. I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon. Mm-hmm.